Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Listen, this podcast exists because we want you to win. And what is leverage, you ask? Leverage is a strategic advantage. It's the power to act effectively as a songwriter, as an artist. That's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. Brilliant! Let me introduce you to my co-host and good friend, Mr. Brent Baxter. He's the one that came up with that, by the way. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And what I love about Brent is he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and gosh darn it, he hooks you up with the pros when you're ready to make that move. And you can find Brent real easy at songwritingpro.com. Once again, at songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns a Daredevil production. They help you find your sound and they help you grow your audience so you can become the artist that everybody loves. So you can get paid. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at daredevilproduction.com. That's production, singular, no S. And there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. Ooh, lots of people are grateful for that. I can promise you. How there you doing, you buddy? Man, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm happy to see a little bit of sunshine outside the, my window. And- yes, it's going to be in the 70s today. I am over mm. winter. I, I I grew up in Wisconsin, so I'm permanently over winter. You know, I got oh, yeah. You've, you've, yeah. <laughs> I'm through my 18 years. I got enough, and then I got out. Um, hey, real quick, if you like this content and you feel like your contemporaries, your peers, your bandmates would also like it, share it. Uh, please take a moment, leave a rating and review on the podcast. It helps us tremendously. And um, they, uh, it, 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 it uh, makes us look legit to other people that are, that are out there uh, that want to stick their toe in the water. They want to know if we're for real or not. So we appreciate everybody that does that. And um, subscribe so it automatically comes into your magic little iPhone or your magic little Android uh, on Tuesday mornings and Fridays now. And last but not least, guys, uh, join the clown community. We've got a great community going on. Like somebody, Jonathan Cochran, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of usual suspects in there that I mm-hmm. see. You know, people helping people, the most wonderful people. But uh, <laughs> just search out the clown community on Facebook. Uh, ask to be let in. It's a private group. We will let everybody in. If you screw up, we will roadhouse you. Don't come and spam the bejesus out of us. Like we're mm-hmm. gonna, we're gonna, uh, we're not gonna like that. But um, we will roadhouse you. We will roadhouse you. But uh, with that. Uh, we got, you know, what we're going to talk about today. What are we going to talk about today, Johnny? We are going to dive into, uh, it was going to go a little deep here, uh, today, but there's this amazing video that I saw that just really shook the rafters in my, in my soul. Uh, Will Smith put it out there. He's got some great, like little inspirational videos. I know that parents just don't understand. I mean, that (laughs) really changed my life. I mean, I got to school to learn. It's not my poor fashion show. <laughs> I was like, boom. <laughs> That's not the one I'm talking about. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the video that I'm talking about <laughs> is, um, is, is fault versus responsibility. 
because I deal with this every single day with a handful of my relationships in, in this industry and my artists. And it's a big old pothole until you really understand the difference between the two. But uh, before we get into that, mm-hmm. we get another five-star review, right? Yes, we do. I would be All happy right. to read it off. This is a tasty five-star review. Uh, it's from GMHYFD. It just rolls right off the tongue. That's a cool, that's like a rap name. <laughs> GMHYFD. What's up, GMHYFD? Maybe so. So uh, it says, these guys are pros. It's five-star review. It says, I am a pro songwriter with lots of radio and streaming hits. I also teach lyric writing in Europe. I recommend that all my students check out this podcast, starting with episode one. I like it for myself because it reminds me of the things I should remember when I'm writing a song. Five stars and three exclamation points. Thank you, GMHYFD. Love that. Love yes, that. I'm trying that it's in what? Europe too. I'm going to need a couch to crash. I want to come over there sometime. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, man, that's awesome. So he's a pro he's had success and, and still having success and he's teaching and we get to be a, a part of that. A part of that. Yeah, still finding value so, in this podcast. Yeah, man. So thanks for recommending the podcast and, and helping spread the word and Hey, recommended by pros. There you go. There you go. Other Boom. people that are doing it. We ain't just making this stuff up. That just happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk about fault versus responsibility. Yes. Um, this is uh, a, common, um, a common misconception. Like people get their wires crossed on this all the time because they, they use a situation that happened when it's not their fault to avoid the responsibility of the mess that needs to be cleaned up. Mm-hmm. in the wake of such an event, right? Mm-hmm. The, the first time I learned this lesson, by the way, um, I was probably in third grade, I think, fourth grade. <laughs> yeah. Didn't get it, man. I didn't get it right off the bat. But uh, so I got, a, I got a mini bike, right? Okay. A little 50cc Honda mini bike. It was super cool. Uh-huh. And uh, I'm driving around in, 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 in uh like this kind of driveway that uh, our house kind of was the same driveway for uh, like two, two or three different houses. So mm-hmm. um, my neighbor, this kid named Chip, he was older, right? He was super cool. And his name is Chip. His name was Chip. <laughs> like you got a neighbor named Chip. He's the, he's the, he's I mean, hero. Something in a casino or a ruffles bag. What could be- <laughs> I thought Chip was cool. You know, I thought the yeah. world of Chip. Chip wanted to ride the mini bike. I said, okay. Now, if you can imagine this, uh, have you ever seen the movie, uh, just so I can spell this out, have you ever seen, have you ever seen Vacation with Chevy Chase? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sure, okay. yeah. So my parents had just bought like a brand new, um, and I swear to God, it was the same color as the one from, just got that weird green color with the, the station wagon with the, with the mm-hmm. fake wood paneling on yeah, the side. Yeah, <laughs> we, had, we, had a, we had a wagon for a while ourselves. Yeah, we totally, my parents just got a new one. Like it might've been like the first new car that they'd ever purchased, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it might've been two weeks old or something. Chip wants to ride the mini bike. I'm like, hop on. And so Chip's like, popping wheelies and doing all this stuff. And I'm like, that's so cool, man. I want to be just like Chip. And then he, I'm getting validation. I'm getting acceptance. Yeah, this is, he's going to love me. He's going to love me because I got a mini bike. We're going to be pals now. Mm-hmm. You and me, right, pal? You and me, Chip, right? Right, we're pals, right, pal? Right, right, Chip, right, right? You and me, <laughs> me, you. And boom, he loses control of the damn bike and crashes into my parents' new car. Mm. And I get grounded for two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I'm like, 
like my dad is just pissed, right? He's right. pissed, right? And I'm like, well, how? I, I'm not the one that drove the bike into the car. Right. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. And he's like, but it was your responsibility, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you were responsible for that bike and you gave the responsibility to somebody else and he crashed in the car. That comes back on you, you know? You're going to pay the price. Mm-hmm. And uh, ooh, that one took, that seriously took a little bit of time to sink in. Like I still, I, I might've taken me six months before I connected some dots. Like I still think I got screwed on this. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. I remember that, but here's the deal. It's not your fault that, um, you know, let's just go real heavy for a second. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. your fault that, uh, that your dad was an alcoholic physically, emotionally, and maybe sexually abusive jerk. Mm-hmm. but it's your responsibility to deal with those traumas. It's your responsibility to try to figure out a way to function and get back to um, society and the world. Back, yeah. Back to the world emotionally and spiritually uh, because it's, it's your heart that was broken. Even though it wasn't your fault, it's your responsibility to, to try to repair that, to try to move forward and, uh, and to try to make that happen. And this is where, oh man, this is where so many people go wrong. Now that's a heavy one. That right? is. And, and, and that's, that takes a lot of work. Um, I've, I've got a very close friend of mine right now that's, that's, you know, very real way in, in her mid forties. It's dealing with that. Um, not a sexually abusive thing, but a, a bad, S crazy mom mm-hmm. who uh, she's now just uncovering that, you know, like this is, this is a mess that she left me with, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not my fault that the mess happened, but she's taking responsibility to clean it up because it's her heart, right? It's mm-hmm. her, it's her life <clears throat> and she wants to, to be better. But how about, um, you know, with artists, right? I have a, I have a, I have a artist that I, that I work with that's, extremely gifted um and it's not a daredevil artist so it's it's just a, f- a friend of mine okay but i you mm-hmm. know we, we hang out and in uh somebody that i i've been very influential in, in their lives and kind of comes from the um and this doesn't help by the way so for the millennials out there listening i mean he definitely came from the 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 community where you get like you know eighth base blue ribbons and crap like that. Everybody right, gets a yeah. ribbon for participation and blah, blah, blah. And so I'm trying and, and you know what, like, and so stuff goes wrong mm-hmm. and he's like, well, it wasn't my fault, you know, and here's, and here's why. And he wants to explain it to me. And I constantly mm-hmm. have this conversation with him. Why something happens to kind of derail his career momentum or something like that. And he's exactly. Like, oh, and mm-hmm. it's not my fault, but it's your responsibility to have a career. You right. know, because that's what you're down here to do. Right? It's definitely anybody else's responsibility <clears throat> for him to have a career. That's right. You know, and there's a lot of potholes. I mean, let me, let me save you the suspense. You're going to get knocked off your horse a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. This is yeah. not the end of it. Like it's, it's going to keep coming. It's not about, uh, it's not about focusing on trying to stay on the horse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's about knowing you're going to get knocked off. It's not going to be your fault. And then you got to get back on the horse. Mm-hmm. Right. So the lesson with the motorcycle, the mini bike, has served me well because it wasn't my fault that the hairband genre ended. 
right? Right. Right when I was talking with uh, was, Rob Cavallo, or, Warner Brothers Records, yeah. and they're sending us secret stuff that they just signed, and they're listening to songs from us, and we got the magic code to put on the envelope mm-hmm. that you got to do to get past the, to get off the pain on mind list and then onto the desk of the guy and the right. whole thing. Uh, yeah, that wasn't my fault that it that all just- Kurt Cobain's fault. Evaporate. Yeah, it's Kurt Cobain's fault. I mean, God, the record was great. I'm not complaining, but I mean, it just, whew, the, yeah. they lifted up the needle on the record, <laughs> and we didn't have a chair. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it wasn't my fault that the, um, that the financial industry blew up mm-hmm. and that I had built this whole business with tons of overhead guys. I'm talking like $15,000 a month in advertising expenses. Mm-hmm. Forget about the, what the business overhead was with the people that were employed and working there and rent and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Forget about my personal overhead, my mortgage, my car payments, yeah. my insurance, my, you know, my food, like uh, forget about all that. Okay, just, just, I mean, and then all of a sudden they just closed up shop and said, you can't sell any product. And it took over a year for them to open it up again. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just, did I have savings that I have? Uh, yeah, that you got wiped out. It wasn't mm-hmm. my fault, but it was damn sure my responsibility mm-hmm. to move forward from that, not just check out, you know, and, and to figure out what does that, what does that mean for me? And for me, it meant, that that's about the most the scariest thing I think I, I one of the scariest things one of the scariest things I've ever been through you know mm-hmm. it's just like what just happened like what am I gonna do right like mm-hmm. like I mean every like I had committed contracts to that it's, it's not like just stop advertising like I made year-long contracts like that so I got you people know, expecting to get paid yeah $170,000 worth of hey <laughs> yeah. We expect you to advertise this product that you can't sell. Yeah. Yeah. And this okay. is, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, wow. You know, mortgage is like, I need to be paid. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it, so, but it was my responsibility to work my way out of that and deal with it. And ultimately it was a blessing. So you came back here. So sometimes these traumas, if you're looking at them from the, it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. Then that I doesn't leave like anything. That's my point. Yeah, that's my point, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, it's you're not just my down fault. in the dark hole. It's not my fault that I sing like a horse and was born outside of Nashville to a outside the music industry family. Yeah. Yet I wanted to be a songwriter. That's not my fault, but it's my responsibility to go meet some people. It's yeah. my fault. I still sing like a horse. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't uh, you know, done the voice lessons and the work, but it was not my fault. It was my responsibility to find something that I was great at to find a seat in the music business. So I was as a, as a lyricist, as, as a, a lyricist. lyricist. Right. So it was, you know, I responded to that responsibility by going, I'm going to go all in on lyrics. Cause that's not my fault that I'm good. You know, have a natural talent toward it, but it's my responsibility to cultivate it. If I want to go. do this, there you, you go. Know, maybe it's not your fault. You were born a thousand miles from Nashville or New York or LA to, and don't know anybody in the music business. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to, you better get to know some people. Yeah. And you, and you better be self-aware on where you're really at mm-hmm. and come at it and work hard uh, on the things that you need to improve on. You know, um, it wasn't my fault that I couldn't sing either. But when I, you know, the first band I toured with, uh, the Idols of American Youth, I was a guitar player. And we had like a Jeff Tate, like 
singer dude like this mm-hmm. dude was amazing right yeah. biggest jerk in the world but oh my god he could sing <laughs> and and just crush it like he mm-hmm. had that falsetto that would just shatter glass and it was thick it wasn't like that thin thin yeah yeah it was it was like it was like judas priest like and that was the stuff we were playing it was like crazy yeah and and uh but he had to go like he was a mess he had to go so I said, I'm going to sing because I can, I can definitely entertain better than he could entertain. And the band right. believed it. They fell for it. You know what I mean? Like they a testament to your entertaining prowess. <laughs> yes, that's right. Exactly. I can sell stuff. <laughs> but then I knew like, okay, now it's my responsibility. I got I to gotta figure out how to sing. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> I suck, you know? Like, and, I, and I told people like straight up, I clawed my way to middle management, but it wasn't just, it wasn't ever going to be about the singing for me. It was going to be about the entertaining and, and the songwriting and the band. You know, yeah. um, and so taking that responsibility, we, we formulated the sound that was was not all about Johnny singing. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was you know lots of background vocals, lots of stuff going on. Uh, the same thing with you know, it was Madonna, right? She can't sing. Mm-hmm. J Lo, she she's never going to win American Idol. Uh, right. But they're icons and they're multimillionaires for a reason. It wasn't by mistake. They didn't get lucky. <laughs> right. They outworked everybody else and knew exactly what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and they didn't focus on the voice. So for those of you out there who are like, you know, on the fence um, uh, with your artistry, right? And you're like, oh, well, until I can get my voice to the point where I can win American Idol, uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm just going to tap the brakes a little bit. And, mm-hmm. Man, it's your responsibility to get there and connect with people. It's not necessarily your responsibility to win a singing contest, right? Yeah. It's not your fault that your voice is the way it is. To your, to your point, like Bob, Bob Dylan, look at Bob Dylan. Yeah. He mm. can't sing anything. Like, uh, <laughs> he, and he sounds weird when he sings. He's got a horrid, like a really bad voice, man. You know, yeah. like straight up, like not good. Right. But his lyrics were so, they changed the world. Yeah. So if he focused on just like you, like, okay, I'm going to focus. I can't do this over here. So I'm going to focus on this. Right. And really come out there, you know? And, um, well, you were talking before, Brent, about. Yeah. We, uh, beloved, uh, Razorbacks. My beloved Razorbacks had a tough football season. And, you know, it was, we end up, uh, we, like, you know, I had a vote, but whatever. They fired the coach <laughs> at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, and people were talking about on, you know, sports talk stuff before and after. And, and they were talking about, well, you know, why did he, he did so well at Wisconsin. How come he came to Arkansas and didn't Go have a level of success, right? Yeah, he went to like three straight Rose Bowls or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was a big get, but then you come to the SEC and come to Arkansas. It just, it wasn't quite the same. Like, what, what was the difference? And they're like, well, you know, he had some, it's harder to recruit maybe to Arkansas, you know, in the SEC, because we don't have that natural talent base as a state being a smaller state. He had some key injuries. They had some, um, you know, people leave early for the NFL because they did have talent. And so, and they didn't, he goes, yeah, that's, that's and none of that's his fault, but it is his responsibility because it yeah. does come back on him. The win-loss record is ultimately his responsibility. It doesn't matter that, you know, our all-world, you know, center, Ragnow, got, got hurt halfway through the season, was done for the year, but he's going to go on be, you know, first or second round draft pick kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Not his fault, but it is his responsibility to hire coaches and to coach up depth behind him. Yes. That way the next guy that steps in, yeah, may not be an All-American, but he's going to be good because you recruit to that and you develop players for that. If you don't, that's still your responsibility. And that kind of stuff was – so that was the first time I, I'd heard it put like that, not your fault, but it is your responsibility, I think. 
Uh-huh. Uh, so it's funny that you're mentioning this now, but the same thing with your music stuff. Yeah, it's not my fault I was born 330 miles from Nashville. Not my fault that I'm not naturally musical and nobody in my family knows anybody in the music business. So what? Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. figure out how to do it. There's opportunities out there. Yeah. Now if it's 10 years later and you still don't know anybody in the music business, that is your fault. Yeah. (laughs) You know, because you are choosing not to make connections because pretty much anybody can, if you go about it the right way, intelligently and patiently and diligently. Yeah. You know, because if I still didn't know anybody in the music business, 15, 20 years later, it would be my fault. Yeah. I made different choices. I moved to Nashville. You know, it's like, okay, may not be your fault that you were born in Alaska and that far away from Nashville. But if it's, you know, but now if you're 25 and you still aren't in Nashville, that might be your fault. (laughs) How about this one? How about it's not your fault that um, music prices, you know, for for a record are down 62%. It's not your fault that the market changed and that the normal mode of, of marketing a song or an artist that you grew up with that you were marketed to this way. This is what made you want to become an artist. That way doesn't work anymore. It's not your fault. That doesn't, that, that doesn't work, mm-hmm. but it's damn sure your responsibility to figure out how it changed mm-hmm. and what you're going to do about it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I had, a, I had something like that where, and I've told this story before, but some years ago I went and met with somebody at a label and, and played him, you know, some of my music. And he's said, they gave me the, you know, you've been one of the best writers in town or one of the biggest writers in town in the nineties. This was like 2012 or something. You, you know, and, and he talked about just how the way of communicating lyrically had changed and that sort of thing. And yeah, I've been doing some of that, but that wasn't all those songs I played for him. But it's like, it's not my fault that the way people communicate has changed lyrically in country music. It is my responsibility to, to assess it, realize the reality of the situation and to adapt. Right. And I have changed how I write, you know, and I have, you know, had success after that. So it wasn't my fault that the market shifted. So it is my responsibility. Nobody else's responsibility. You want to be a songwriter. That's right. That's my responsibility. Right. 
Yeah, man. So, As somebody said, you know, you can write yourself into this business and you can write yourself out of it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> true. It's very I'm gonna true. See, <laughs> I'm going to say, I think artists uh, put too much weight sometimes, uh, a lot of times on certain events, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I got a cold right before the American Idol auditions. Yeah. Or, or the American Idol audition. Like I'm in this third round. So then they're all plant like the whole thing. It seems their whole future hinges on whether or not they're going to get that up. Right. Get on that show. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, it's kind of like, man, you gotta, or I just met, you know, this one super famous producer or this one big high up record executive and, uh, at a cocktail party. And all of a sudden that becomes the focus. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, it's not your fault that they don't know you, right? Right. It's not your fault that uh, you don't have a good enough relationship with them to make that happen yet, but it's your responsibility to try to figure out how to cultivate that mm-hmm. and how to do it. And it's, and, and it's your responsibility to create the career that you want to have and to create the life of happiness that you want to have doing something that you love and, and trying to make a living at doing something that you would do every day for free, mm-hmm. right? Um, so the, the, the fault versus responsibility. I mean, I want everybody just listening to my voice right now to think about that. Like, where have you been making these mistakes? Where have you been, where have you been letting stuff go? Because you're, you say, well, if it wasn't my fault, then it wasn't my responsibility to, to fix it. Mm -hmm. Right. I'll give you another example. Um, so I had a sophomore year in high school. I had a, a, uh, a teacher, a math teacher. It was geometry. This guy's a total 1000% douche. Mm-hmm. Like clearly disliked me, right? Mm-hmm. I had long hair. He hated that I had long hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I, I, I got his math class, right? Like remember in math class when you went there and you always had 40 problems that you had to do whatever the math class was, right. but it was like four rows of 10 problems. And so the, the different four different rows, this is what I figured out, right? We're always the same problem with just different details, right? Mm-hmm. And so he wanted you to do all 40 problems. Well, man, I had, I had band practice. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had things I was working on. So I would figure out the, um, how to work the formula, mm-hmm. which is what I thought the spirit of school was supposed to be, learn right. how to do this problem. And, and then I would do it. Well, he would call people up. And if you remember, geometry is a time-consuming thing, right? Like it takes, mm-hmm. like you got to draw it. So he would call people up to write their answers up on the chalkboard. And he would always call on me because he knew I didn't do all my homework, right? Mm-hmm. But he, and he was pissed that I was still getting like an A in his class, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm like, dude, like, you know, and he would just, he would move me around in class. Like, John, you'd look too comfortable there. I want you to move over there. And I mean, it got so bad, <laughs> like literally so bad that, you know, my classmates were coming to me like, dude, like you, you got to switch teachers. Like, they, like he hates you, you know? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and, and this was traumatic for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I remember going home to my dad and, and just be like, dude, like you gotta, you gotta do something. Right. Mm-hmm. You're here to protect me. Yeah. Take care of this guy. He's wearing me out, you know? And my dad's like, here's how I'm going to help you out. I'm going to do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad's a Marine, you know? So, you know, like, you got to learn how to take care. I'm not going to be around here to help you all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, look, he said, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to tell you. You're going to meet an a-hole like that every single day of your life. Mm -hmm. That's not your fault. But it's your responsibility to deal with it. How are you going to deal with it? What are you going to do to 
to, to get this guy to perform for you? You know, like what, you know, what is, is it, do you have to switch classes? Do you have to switch teachers? Maybe that's an option. Is there a conversation, an uncomfortable conversation you're going to have to have with him? You know, and, and so that lesson, man, served me very, very well because he was right. Every single day I meet an a-hole like mm-hmm. Mr. Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, straight up. And I don't mind saying his name. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I've, you know, I've had certain work situations, right, where there's somebody above me that's just calming down on me, doesn't like feeling threatened, whatever. And uh, I, I figured out because it's my, not my fault that he doesn't like me and that he's got uh-huh. something coming down on me. But it's my responsibility to get him to play in the sandbox, right? And, right. and so that, that kind of like, uh, what's the word I want to use? Like, I don't know what word that is. Like, it's, a, it's, it's not manipulation, but I mean, I'm getting him to, I'm coming at it from different angles mm-hmm. to, 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 to figure out a way to work with him, right? Because right. I don't have a choice. I got to right. work, you right? Work. I can't just quit my job. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to, you know, I had to do that. And so when you start looking at life from what your responsibility is, as opposed to whose fault it is, then to your point, Brent, um, now you're looking for solutions, right? Well, it's my mm-hmm. responsibility to get past this. So now you're starting to, it's a, it's a mind shift, a very important mind shift. I think so. And, and another slice of that might be asking yourself, okay, what does this make possible? This bad thing? Like, okay, I was not born to be a singer. <laughs> okay. What does this make possible? Well, I can really focus in on my lyrics and I can be known for that. That's what that makes possible. You know, because I am naturally gifted at words, not naturally gifted at music. What does that make possible? It makes possible. Well, maybe I can be that guy. You know, maybe you were, um, you know, just those sort of things just saying, okay, this bad thing happened. What does that make possible? I lost my job. What does it make possible? I guess I can go ahead and move. <laughs> to Nashville yeah. or, you know, I, I've had bad breaks in life. Well, what does that make possible? I have a deeper well from which to draw when I write. Like it's, it's not what I wanted. I don't want this bad stuff that happened in my life, but what does it make possible? I'm going to be able to reach people that have been through that kind of junk that I've been through. I, I can, I can draw on that when I write and hopefully offer help and healing for people and hope that's what that makes possible. You know, it's finding the, the kind of the silver lining. Yeah. The silver lining in that, that's another way to put that, you know? And when you look at the silver lining, then you're taking responsibility for your heart, right? You're Mm -hmm. taking responsibility for your soul. You're taking responsibility for your lot in life. And I'll tell you what, like, this is a hard one to get across to a lot of people because especially with the news now, Mm -hmm. news is terrible. The news is all about, here's why your life sucks. Right. You know, because of this or this or this or this or this. And they want to assign blame and they want to, um, they want to make it somebody else's fault. Mm-hmm. And it's something that really upsets me. It's one of the reasons why I love the Will Smith stuff so much, because I think that some of the, the, um, uh, uh, some of the, the narrative that's out there mm-hmm. uh, in our society is, is very, it's not serving well. It's just about ratings, right? Right. Like when you talk about white privilege, okay? Like mm-hmm. it's, man, it, white privilege, the narrative of white privilege means that if you're not white, your life sucks. Right. And so, and then for, to a lot of people, it's going to be like, don't bother trying. You're not white, you know? Right. When the, you know, the better narrative would be like, here's a bunch of minority people in this crazy world that we live in that's imperfect, Right. And they've all got six-figure 
tax returns and let's hear their stories, right? Yeah. That would be to me more productive, right? That would, that would instill hope in people, which is like what we try to do with this podcast. I mean, we're here to serve. We're here to, we want you to win. We, we want you to think about things the right way when you get caught in a rut, when you get in a corner and, uh, and it's not about, uh, you're not here, so you can't do it, you know, mm-hmm. and we're not telling right. you why you can't do it. Right. That's we're we're trying to figure it. out ways you can. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I mean, I just picked that out of a hat just because that's what came to the top of my mind, to be honest with you. But there's a million mm-hmm. different examples of that. Right. Uh, you well, know, it's the whole closed doors of the music business. You yeah. got to know somebody, you, you know, all this stuff. They don't, whatever it is, they want to hear from people they don't already know. That can, well, it's not your fault, but it is your responsibility to adjust and react to that. Right. And people, and, and people do every single day. It's not my fault. People, people are willing to do stuff I'm not willing to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, it's not my fault. These people, other people than my competition were willing to move to Nashville or New York or LA and write their butts off and wait tables for 10 years while they perfect their craft. And no, it's not your fault. Yeah. yeah. But also what does it make possible? Like, you know, maybe you're stuck maybe you're on your commute right now and you don't want to be there. You don't want to be driving to work. You just want to wake up, put on your PJs and roll down to the home studio and record all day. Okay. Maybe it's not your fault that you're in the position right now that you have to go day job, but you know what? It's your responsibility to use that time wisely, which you are because you're listening to something that's going to benefit you on your commute. You're not just wasting that time. Same thing going, okay. You know, while I was in in school in Arkansas and felt like I had to be in school right then. What was I also doing? I was working on my craft. Yeah. I was working on my lyrics to get better. Uh, when I day jobbed and, and couldn't be writing as much as I wanted to, what was I doing? I was listening to podcasts. I was getting educated on things that were going to help me make that leap into a more creative life. That sort of thing. Keep my head in the game. It wasn't, maybe it wasn't my fault. Maybe it was, but either way, it's my responsibility how I use that time. Yeah, exactly. So and it's for, using your time wisely. I think you're using your time wisely right now. Listen to this, whatever you're doing, if you're driving to your day job, if you're walking the dog, cause you got to walk the dog. If you're rocking the baby, it's the middle of the night, you got earbuds in and you don't want to be awake right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, rocking that baby, you know what? You're still doing something positive. It's time. Obviously the baby stuff is positive, but also, you know, right. Doing and and, and one, one last like quick example. I know we're running out of time, but um, <clears throat> man, so, so, you know, we just moved into this great new facility at Fort Knox, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And I couldn't be happier. Um, the management here, the people that own this building are great and they're just all about service and they're happy to have us here, you know, mm-hmm. um, but three and a half years, I was at this other company, like I'm not going to mention their name, but it was um, a temporary office space company in corporate. Mm-hmm. And, so I think like people, this, this just hit me, but like when I first went in there, like so broke, you know, like mm-hmm. four years ago, three and a half years ago. And I like, I need to know what the rent's going to be. Like mm-hmm. I needed an office space cause I needed to grow this with interns. Then I've been blessed to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I need to know, I can't have, I can't afford any surprises. Like mm-hmm. what is the rent going to be? Like, yeah, I totally get where you're coming from, Johnny. Here's what it's always going to be. And you can, the only things that are going to change are if you change it. If you use the, the, the boardroom, if you, you know, print this much paper, if you blah, blah, blah. Okay. And then what happened? Like literally for the next 18 months, they're trying to pay, you know, like I was getting like, it was supposed to be like 600 bucks, you know, and I'm getting like 
$1,500 bills, like in the month, like, what is this? Right. So that tends to freak people out. Not my fault that they keep that they're reneging on their deal right. or, or there's some kind of disconnect, but it's my responsibility to go and make it happen. And it wore me out. Believe me, I had tons of conversations like over and over and over again. Like I don't have time for this crap to fight mm-hmm. for my life every single month, right. you know, because I didn't have, I could like, I, I would be done, right? I would be done. Mm-hmm. I'd be working it out of my house or something. And that wasn't an option for, for interns. You know, I can't, right, yeah. female interns over to my creepy little apartment. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. Not, not, a, no. <laughs> it's gotta not be often. Yeah. So, I mean, take responsibility, people. It's your, it's your career. It's your, uh, it's your life. It's your heart. Right. And, and you have to uh, ask yourself, the, the things that are happening that aren't working the way you want them to work right now, that's not your fault. Remember, it is your responsibility to, to deal with it one way or the other. It's getting a toxic person out of your band if, or out of your life. If it's, um, if it's uh, you know, taking a couple of risks that you're going to need to take to, to you know, and, and, and by risks, I mean, it's like emotional risks, right? I think there's a lot of people that are afraid to record that song and they're afraid to, um, do your pay for publisher thing mm-hmm. because they're afraid of what somebody might say, right? They're right yeah. They might find out they're not good enough yet, but so what? Like, even if you even if you found that out, like it's it, now you, now you know where the bar is and now you know what you got to work on. Right. And so mm-hmm. you set it higher, you know? And I mean, look for that, like eat that for breakfast, you know? And mm-hmm. that's all I got to say about that. Um, the, uh, the last thing I do want to tell you is that, uh, we are, we have put together like a pretty killer program here for songwriters uh, that are interested in high quality song demos that don't have access to killer talent. So, you know, every month, uh, like the, the legendary, and these guys are not just great musicians. They're like Nashville studio cat legends, Brent Mason, mm-hmm. Bobby Terry, Buddy Hyatt. Um, and I'm proud to say, and we're going to interview them, uh, well, we interviewed him last, uh, last episode, but our, 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 uh, engineer just won a Grammy for best blues, contemporary blues record with Keb Moe and, and Taj Mahal, man. Uh, this is the level of talent you're getting like major label talent and we'll do every, like once a month, we'll do like a demo slam, like 30 songs. And, uh, it's a long day. And yes, we do do 30 songs in a day. Like it's, it's turn and burn and they come out killer. But, um, you know, we had conversations with all these guys and they've all agreed to kind of give something back. They know how hard it is to break in. They know how hard it is for, for some people to gain access to talent like that. If you're not in Nashville and you don't know these guys, or even if you are in Nashville and you know them, you can't afford to get them for one song, right? Mm-hmm. It's cost prohibitive because you got to get a whole demo or a whole studio for a whole session, it's three hours. You get the studio, the engineer, those guys are not cheap. Right. And, but, but so we said, Hey man, what do we do? Like four extra songs a month. Would you guys be willing to do that? That's, I mean, it's a long day. Four songs is four longer, mm-hmm. right? Four more longer. Everybody wants to get home and relax and reconnect with their families. But would you do that? And then we could allow like a super discounted rate where artists could, and, and uh, songwriters could come in and get a killer song demo recorded for them uh, at the same price, essentially, that the, the publishing companies are going to pay. And they all agreed to do it, man. It's called the Song Demo Scholarship Program. And um, if you want to know information about it, just um, let me know that it's uh, info at daredevilproduction.com. Again, production is single. There is no 
S in daredevilproduction.com, put song, demo, scholarship program in the subject line. Uh, the way we choose the songs, um, and we've already got a bunch of submissions, it's completely subjective. Like, I, honest to God, I, we're into the underdogs here. We're into helping people, mm-hmm. you know, because a great song demo is so much more than the possibility of getting even like on your pay for publisher event, right? Mm-hmm. And, and having a publisher go, oh my gosh, this is great. Like here, like I need you to contact me after this is over and let's start right. a relationship kind of a thing. It's also, it's a calling card, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, it, other writers in your town. It's like, hey, I'm serious. I've taken responsibility for my career and uh, this is for real. And, and um, if you have, it's set up, you, you know, you can go, if you go to, um, well, I'll put a link on the, on the show notes, but uh, if you, um, it's set up so that if you have your own studio, home studio, and you can mix and you can sing, but you just don't have access to the talent, man, it costs less. Like it's, it's le- the less you need, the less you pay for. If you also need a, a pro vocalist, we can do that for a little extra money. And if you need, uh, you need a mix too, we can do that for a little extra money. So it's just kind of up to what you need or not. But uh, there's a lot of climbers out there that have taken advantage of this in the past. And now we're kind of making it a thing, like a regular thing. Because before it really was reliant on if a, if a writer sort of fell out and I had some open space, I would shoot that out to my mm-hmm. community and, and your community and let them know. But now it's going to be like a regular deal. And so we're going to pick four songs and we're going to go in there. So tell a story. If you, if you got a story, uh, let us know. Like, you know, why, why should we pick your song? And, um, and, then, and then we'll get you in there. All right. So anyway, that brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.